Group. The following is a sponsored program paid for by Robin Gwaltney. Gwaltney Group. Remax Results. Welcome to Rochester Real Estate, featuring Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group Remax Results and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Saturday morning. It's Andy Brownell along with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax Results. Good morning, Robin. Good morning. Busy week for you, I imagine. It was a crazy busy week. It's going to be a busy weekend, too, because when I finish up here, we're heading to Des Moines, Iowa for a wedding. Oh, gosh. Looks like a great day for a wedding. Yeah, it's definitely that time of the year, isn't it? Yeah, we get I done with the graduations and the weddings get rolling right away. I think this is, is this my first wedding this year? I don't remember, but... Yeah, it's not been a busy, busy wedding season like normal. My kids are getting older, so their friends are, you know, a lot of them are already married. And my friend's kids are the same age as my kids, so a lot of them are already married. So it's kind of dying down. Cyclical. Yeah, you go through the graduation season. Yep. When your kids are younger and you have to go to all the uh, open houses. Yes. And then that dies down, then it's weddings. Yep, (laughs) exactly. Baby showers and, you know, all the fun stuff. Are the weddings getting bigger, or are they starting to... Oh, this one's going to be a fancy one. Okay. But you know what I like? Following weddings usually comes home buying. That's true. So a lot of them are even ahead of the game and are buying think, them before they're married. Yes, they are. I've seen that. Well, I've experienced it with my own family. Yeah. Yeah. Both, uh, both of the kids managed to purchase homes. That's awesome. And we were fortunate enough to be able to assist both yes. of them. So thank you for that. After I hammered home the message, you want to start your. <laughs> They're like, growth, Dad, Dad, what growth? made you? What made you a real estate expert, Dad? <laughs> well, my Saturday morning show did, and it's like attending the seminar every week. <laughs> oh, speaking about <laughs> attending a seminar, this week I had the good fortune to spend a day and a half over at um, Civic Center for a Minnesota Housing Institute convention, um, workshop, workshop. So it's been going on for a year. <clears throat> We've met, it's a, there's five different groups and we have met bi-monthly. So this was our sixth and final meeting and we would have a, it's always a Wednesday, Thursday thing and Wednesday would be 4 p.m. till 8 p.m. and then Thursday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And so we have, had so many speakers, developers, builders, people from different um, Minnesota housing, like finance committees, and just teaching us and telling us, I just feel like I have been drinking from a fire hose, like so much information, right? And learning about, if you follow the news, and I know you do, um, there's been a lot of money deposited into the state of Minnesota's housing fund this year. And they're trying how, you know, the best way to allocate that and make sure that it's being used the way it needs to be used for um, affordable housing. And I learned about a lot of grants, like there's one in particular that just kind of blew me away because if a developer wants to come into a small rural community and they've got, they want to do a, neighborhood and they've got to do the infrastructure, you know, before they can do the building, right? They've got to have the road and the sewer and the water and all of that. And then by the time they do the building, they would have to sell these units at an ungodly price 
to even break even. Well, there are not any developers slash builders that are working for free. I mean, that's it's their livelihood. So clearly there has to be profit. So we learned about a grant that the developer themselves can apply for. So let's say it's going to cost them, they're going to come down and build 12 um, townhomes over in Iota or over in Casson or any rural community, right? And it's going to cost them, by the time they do the infrastructure, it's going to cost them $300,000 per unit to build them. Oh, my gosh, really? And let's just say, and they know that they're only going to be able to sell these units for 250000 Well, they're not going to come and well, build no. them. <laughs> they're not going to come and build them. So they can actually apply for a grant to offset that difference. So that 50000 per unit so that they get what they need to get to put them in. And then they can still sell them at the appraised value of 250000 All right. Now let's go the other end of that. And if there's a buyer who would love to have one of those homes and meets the criteria of a certain percentage of the median income, I think it's 80% of the median income, then they can apply for a grant for basically down payment assistance on the other end so that they can get into the unit and afford it. So they're trying to help from the top, you know, like from from putting that into the ground and then the end consumer. So, I mean, they've really thought this out and they have really good, um, like, point scales. They have, you know, if you have to answer criteria and if you meet the criteria, you get certain points. And that's how they decide which project they're going to fund over the other. It's not like, oh, you know, this group of people applied for this one and we love them, so we're going to fund theirs. No, it's like, who is the serving you know, what are the needs? What percentage of people are earning this amount? All these different questions. So they're really trying hard to combat the issues that we have with the lack of affordable housing. So there's a lot of money there, which is really heartening because so many times there's good programs in place and people with good ideas and things to apply for. But if they're not funded, right, then it's worthless. Yeah, it's uh, sitting on a shelf, a plan sitting, collecting dust on a shelf. Correct. It, was there any talk about, I think they call it land trusts? Yes, where yes. That, that idea intrigues me. Yes, it's a great idea. And so we've talked about that. You know, I'm the um, chair of the housing committee over in Wabasha, my hometown. And we've talked about land trusts over there in a couple of situations where people own land but they don't want to part with it because right now they're earning income from the land, whether they're farming it or they have a solar field or whatever it is. But we have suggested that maybe they take this land, develop a land trust, people can build on it. So it's basically like a condo, you own your unit, but not the land you sit on kind of a thing. Sure. So, but then you pay a, you know, you pay a fee to the homeowner uh, for that land use, but it keeps the cost down for the home owner because they're not paying property taxes. They're not they're not adding in the price of the land for this build. So it's much like what First Homes does in Rochester. Okay, so when you sell That's a land the trust. house, you're selling just the house. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yep. So it's it's again it's a lot like a you know common interest you know CIC docs and the, the condos. So. 
Anyway, yeah, just, so there's lots of options out there, and I love it. And I love that we're thinking outside the box, and I love that we're, um, you know, talking about different options for financing. And I love these down payment assistance, and I love the fact that this is this is you know in some of these rural areas, this is for people who are earning. 115% of the average median income. So it's not just like, you know, some people are like, well, yeah, it seems like low income people get all the benefits. You know, I'm not here to get into any kind of a political discussion at all. But the point is, is this is for, you know, in small towns, there are a lot of lower paying jobs. And so people who are working as CNAs in nursing homes and people who are working at the quick trip or at the grocery store. I mean, everybody needs a place to live. Yes, they do. So they might have some of the best jobs that are available in that community, but it's still going to be tough to be able to own a house. So anyway. And you've told me, I think it was that, at least for Rochester, that what realistically you have to have a household income of 70 or 80. Right. To step into a mortgage. Correct. Yeah. Which is just a little unbearable, you know, because that's not for everybody doesn't make that kind of money. So and then you get to like, for instance, we were talking about Wabasha and I think the average median income for a family of four is 62,000. So, yeah, I, I, I just pray that this works out and we start seeing, you know, starter homes being built. I think we will. I think we will. I was one of our um, speakers yesterday was Mike Paradise, who oh, yeah. it's a very popular name. He's a big, um, you know, Bigelow. Uh, yes, Bigelow Homes. And he is a plethora of knowledge. I mean, he's been working alongside Joel Bigelow, who we, of course, recently lost. But um, for 40 years, he's been at Bigelow Homes. And, you know, he said that he's been there throughout like the build of 5,000 homes. He sits on a lot of boards. He sits on boards for things um, that are in regards to housing. It's very much at the forefront of what he's interested in seeing happen. And he's very proud of the fact that they are still able to build a very nice product at a lower price point than many builders. And again, it's like whenever you can do things in bulk, you know, for lack of a better word, you can do it more cost effectively. So, and the fact that they want to is fabulous. It's important to them. So it's really great. All right. We have to take a break already, Robin. So we'll be back in just a few seconds with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results here at News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We'll be right back with Robin Gwaltney and Andy Brownell on Rochester Real Estate. This is News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9. Welcome to Real Estate with Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, and Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone. Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results on this Saturday morning. It's funny, you were talking about Mike Paradise before we took the break and, and how long he's been in the business. <laughs> and full disclosure, he was my rep when we built our house 32 years ago. Wow. Well, he said he just just celebrated his 40th anniversary with Bigelow. So yeah, that's they, awesome. And they built, up, they built up the neighborhood. I mean, they probably built 50% of the homes out here. 
Yeah, they've been around. They've done a, they've done great things for Rochester and the surrounding communities because, I mean, if we didn't have builders like that that are doing a lot of houses, we're already so short on inventory, right? Right. And where would we be if we didn't have that? So where are we at? I mean, I, I keep seeing the headlines, and we talked about it last week, that it seems as if things are starting to percolate for the home building side of a new construction. Well, you know why? This is typically the busiest season for selling houses, sure. but it's low because there's no inventory to sell. So there's one sure way to create new inventory, and that is to build it. So let me see. I have some statistics here for you. It's this, this particular article that I have says, momentum is building for new home construction. So it goes on to say, home buyers continue to be met with limited housing options during what's typically the real estate market's busiest season. Exactly what I just said. The current supply of existing homes is literally half the level it was in 2019. So half. Meanwhile, the market for new construction is a bright spot. So that's the good news. Um, I think I did mention last week that typically in a normal, whatever normal is, but on average, typically 10 to 12% of our inventory is new construction, and we're up over the 30% mark. So that sounds like, oh my gosh, there's tons and tons of building going on. Well, there is a little more building going on, but there are a lot fewer existing homes hitting the market. So it all evens out. And I've seen, we've talked about this, I know I've mentioned it, but I've seen, I from just observing it, the building's happening in the smaller communities around Rochester more than it's happening in Rochester. I think so, because there's a little little less red tape, maybe some fewer fees for building, um, more reasonable price lots. You know, lots of factors go into that. Do you have many people coming in saying, I want to build? I do. But they all want that pie in the sky, um, as I've referred to it before, unicorn. I would just like <laughs> a couple of acres, 15 oh. minutes from town, <laughs> where I can build my first home, you know, and it's like, well, unfortunately, to find those couple of acres, 15 minutes to town is not an easy task. And when we do, they're quite pricey. Yeah, I was going to so, say. Yeah, it's just, I mean, people have an idea of what they want, but they're just not, they're just not quite um, really in touch with what's really happening. And so when we educate them, they get it. It's not like it was 20 years ago where you came in and said, okay, you have this option here to build and it's going to cost this and you have the existing home here and you guys decide because there's advantages and disadvantages. That's exactly right. Yep. And, um... I will say, you know, um, I have heard some people I had a call, literally had a call this morning, and a very nice lady told me, I'm, I want to talk to you about buying a house. I got approved last year, but then we decided to hold off because of the interest rates. And I was like, okay, she's not listening to my show. <laughs> but um, I said, oh, I'm so happy that you want to talk to me now because I will tell you that if you just look at What's going on with the interest rates? You're going to read articles that say they're up this week over last week. Yes, they are. They're up from 6.71 to 6.8 or something like that. 
A year ago, just one year ago, a 30-year rate was averaging 5.3%. So it seems like a ton. That's 1.5% that it's gone up. So this is where even Dave Ramsey is saying, buy the house, refinance when the rates drop. So putting it off isn't necessarily the right thing to do. And again, it's our job to just explain this and educate people so that they are making the best decision. As you've said before, too, that that at this rate today, the house costs this. If you wait one more year, the rates may go down, but you know almost 100% for sure the price of the house will have gone up as well. Correct. And so in the end, what will you have? The same monthly payment or will it even be a little more if you wait until next year? Who knows? Because once people do start to enter back in and I want to I want to talk to you about Buffini's bold prediction. Don't let me forget that. Okay. But once people do start entering back into this market, we're going to go right back into fighting for the properties and multiple offers. And right now, if you can get out there and kind of quietly sneak in and buy a house that you're not competing with, you might even get some money off. You might get some closing costs paid by the seller. I mean, you might, I'm not gonna promise you, but I can promise you when when you're in multiple offers, you're not, you're absolutely <laughs> not. So there is something to be said. So I was very happy to set up an appointment with this lady and I was very happy to say, you're going to feel so much better after we talk about just moving forward. And she was very excited. And if it's what you want for a home and you want that home, that should be your main consideration. That's right. And it fits your monthly budget. Yeah. You know, again, we don't need to focus on what the percentage of interest rate is, and we don't need to even focus on what the price of the house is. What we need to say is with this interest rate at this price, this is what your monthly payment's going to be. Does that work with your budget? And we're still under seven percent. If you go back in if you go back in history and start in the mid nineteen sixties and go all the way through the seventies and into the eighties, seven percent was considered awesome. Right. (laughs) That's exactly right. So it's all in, in the way you look at it yeah. and, and, and the information you're receiving and how you, uh, what you do with that information. Like how yep. do you process that? And are you really understanding it clearly? All right, Robin, we were going to do another break here quick. And you tell, tell me before we started the program, we are going to go over some bold predictions. Yes, yes, yes. It's we'll a do that. thing for us. Okay. okay. We'll do that right after the break. Robin Gwaltney with Gwaltney Group Remax Results here on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We'll be right back with Robin Gwaltney and Andy Brownell on Rochester Real Estate. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Rochester Real Estate with Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group Remax Results and Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We're chatting this morning with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax Results, awaiting the bold predictions. From Brian Buffini. So Brian Buffini, if you say who in the world is Brian Buffini, he was a very successful um, real estate agent. He actually worked with Remax, became a real estate coach, I don't know, probably 20 years ago. And he has one of the largest real estate 
coaching companies called Buffini and Company. And so he will coach realtors and, you know, tell them how to understand the market better, those kind of things. I, he's very highly um, respected among realtors because he'll do these forecasts, I guess we can call them, uh, about what's coming, what's coming in the future, what's going to happen with the interest rates, what's going to happen with inventory, what's going to happen to realtors in general, you know, what what's in our nearest future. He'll do it twice a year, so mid-year and end of year. And he always teams up with somebody that's also highly respected in the financial world. And he'll let them kind of speak to uh, what's going to happen with interest rates, etc. So... The last time at the end of the year, I talked about his bold predictions and I was feeling pretty good because in the, you know, four weeks prior to that, I had been predicting the same things. And when this one came out, we had a group of our agents and they're like, well, let's see if he's as uh, sugary positive about (laughs) the future as you are and kind of giving me a hard time. And he was. And he said, you know, numbers are down. Transactions are down because we don't have inventory to sell. But he also said, if you go back to what I said at the end of the year, I expected numbers to be down and I expected them to be there to be a larger deficit at the beginning of the year. And then for that gap to kind of close toward the end. Right. And that he kind of expected the spike in transactions to be more in the late summer fall. Mm -hmm. And that was based on the fact that people would start to settle into, okay, we don't have anything to panic about. The recession is going away. Things are calming down. People are moving about the world like everything is normal. Interest rates might be a little higher than they were, but they're still great. And they're going to be moving in the right direction. So we're going to get back out there, back into the buying world. And so he feels that, you know, at the beginning of the year, most agents, most brokerages were seeing something like 20 to 25% fewer transactions than they were at the previous time the year before. And that gap should close and then hopefully end at maybe 10 or 15% fewer. And we're, our team is exactly right on track with that. At one point we were 22% down and I think now we're at like 12%. So the gap has closed quite a bit and we've been busy. So the momentum's been picking up. So I feel we're going to end the year just as successful as last year, if not maybe a little better. So that's that's all very encouraging. So I think that we will continue to stay busy, you know, throughout the rest of this year. This past week, I had, I think personally, nine or 10 closings. So people are buying houses, they are closing, um, things are going very well. And again, I've written some offers that are not competing in multiple offers and we've been able to get some concessions from the seller or maybe a slight discount in the price. And, And these are great things. So super good time to be out there buying. Well, the exciting thing that he came up with that I have not said and not even really, I have felt like we're going to stay busy and the years are gonna stay pretty even with probably a little bit of a incline as time goes on because I feel like the rates are gonna go down. Well, he told us that his bold prediction is that 2025 may turn out, well, he says will turn out to be one of the best years in real estate to go on the record books. 
And he feels that because we have such a huge pool of millennials, you know, the, the pre-approved buyers, yeah. the people making the, the good money that want to go out and make it very clear that they still see home ownership as part of the American dream. And it's still something that they really want. And he thinks that once these rates settle back down to even mid fives, that we're going to see like a bull rush back into the market and people are gonna come out. And then of course, that's gonna give sellers confidence and they're gonna start putting their houses on the market and decide, okay, I've been holding in that holding pattern, but now I can move up or move down because now I can get my rate. I don't think that's all all that far-fetched at all. I mean, no, I think, no, he, especially with the millennial generation and how big that is, that yeah. group of people. So it was it was really positive. And then the the finance guy and doggone it, I don't have it in front of me, but he's somebody that was also very reputable. And he said that he thinks, I mean, I've been telling people that I feel by the end of fourth quarter of 24, we'd have interest rates back at 5.5. He thinks we might see that at the fourth quarter of this year. And he thinks that we might see them more like mid 4.5 to 4.8 by the end of 2024. And that would explain the best year ever in 2025, wouldn't it? would. It? Because yes, that, would, would. that would bring everybody back into the market. So very promising. But if you're a buyer and you're waiting for prices to go down or interest rates to go down or things to get better, I'm just saying, I don't know that there's a better time than well, right now to jump in and get that house. Well, if you buy it now at the current rates and these predictions are correct, you refinance. Thank you. What do I always say? You marry the house, you date the rate. (laughs) Right? Yes. Yes. So I agree. That is exactly what to do. So if you need guidance, if you need me to explain that to you further, if you'd like to sit down for a cup of coffee or just one-on-one or over the phone or whatever, so I can really explain that in more detail and make you feel at ease with that and give you some more um, data, I would really be happy to do that for anyone. Okay. So... If you want to do that, how do they reach you? My cell phone is always the best bet, and that phone number is 507-259-4926. All right, Robin. Enjoy the wedding this weekend. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a great week. You too. We'll talk to you next week and uh, continue on with our discussions about the local real estate market with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax Results, here on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.